0: Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket rock to the next generation of Search Engine Optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Rock stars.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to the SEO Rockstars. It is January 2017. We are pre-recording this episode, but I'm sure you're listening to it pretty soon or pretty long from now. This is Chris Boggs, the founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined by our outstanding rock star as well as content curator, Frank Watson. How goes it good, sir? It's very good, given that uh, I just helped celebrate Australia
2: Day. I have to... Have to share both heritages.
1: What's a good Australian song that uh, we got to make sure that the producer rocks in the background for that one? <laughs> <Wall-Sing> <laughs> All uh, sing or- Matilda. That's the one. That's right. All right. No beer. <laughs> okay. Rock on. So let's rock right into some SEO chat. Um, we got a good uh, lineup of topics today. First, we're going to talk about. Uh, sort of some guidance articles, and then we're going to focus in specifically on the search results and some opportunities there. And then we're going to talk about um, some other guidance, sort of, and and maybe even editorial type of content today, ranging from SEMrush blog all the way to search engine land, and even Neil Patel is going to be in this episode. So let's start with the SEMrush.com blog. Um, which, by the way, I love that tool um, and I do pay. uh, I have paid uh, to use the tool uh, and they've uh, been very kind to me and extended me a guru plan. So I thank you to them. It's a great tool. You should check it out. There's a lot of great uses for it. But anyway, on their blog, the ultimate SEO Google hack four step process to influence Google uh, was published by Don. Purdom on January twenty fourth, and by the way, we're recording this on January twenty seventh, uh, twenty seventeen. So, Frank, tell me about this uh, four step process to influence Google. I like this infographic.
2: Yeah, I like the infographic. I, I you know obviously the uh, the use of the title, the ultimate SEO Google hack, you know, it also shows the uh, the use of. Making sure that you've got a really good title, which is one of the things that they mention in in this piece. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's some stuff that's obvious to some degree, but the numbers that they give of uh, you know how an audience interacts with messaging and whether or not they'll open and and also goes through being something that I try to tell a lot of people is if you're going to create content for the purpose of optimizing. You want it to be specific to one specific problem or one specific answer to something. You've, we, the industry and, and a lot of places has you know that BuzzFeed approach to uh, writing something that's really, really generic and, and tries to cover everything. And given the, our industry is rather competitive, given we're all SEOs and we're working on this sort of thing, I think you're going to be far more successful and that's part of what this article tells you about being very specific in your messaging and therefore your titling and all that sort of thing so that you're more effective in ranking.
1: Yeah it almost becomes kind of like a Facebook social audience targeting exercise right and for those that have been able to get into those kinds of systems and better narrow down in your audience and especially for marketers uh, you know, in, in larger organizations that have been able to pay for persona development and stuff like that, is It's if you can get a hold of that data, you can help sort of align um, some of those needs with that. Uh, another thing that, by the way, SEMRussia should do is align some needs with their uh, editorial people for their... Uh, <laughs> Uh, infographic. I did notice there at number two that there's a typo. Google uh, evaluates every piece of content based on the three following criteria, which is you know expertise, authoritative, and trustworthiness. EAT is the new uh, black, right? When it comes to talking about SEO um, and and uh, content and and really what Panda, driven by you know the technology infrastructure of hummingbird and caffeine and so forth, can bring to the table now, right? It used to be search engines back in 15, 16 years ago were only able to trust the text content they could see on the page and they didn't have all this other artificial intelligence that's been built into the system. So I think, um, you know, the way that this article is created and, and the way that it approaches SEO is an important way to look at it because it's, You know, it's a combination of the classic block and tackling of of SEO mixed with click-through rate, which we know I think, you know, I've already talked about is is important. You know, there's some other studies in here, the IBM study. So it's a great article. We've got to move along and talk about another one. But uh, check that out at the SEM Rush blog from January 24, 2017, The Ultimate SEO Google Hack, Four Steps. So uh, next one, Frank, is another one that uh, we got some, uh, I I like this article uh, over at Practical E-Commerce, published by Jill Kocher, and it's from January 20th, 2017, and it's a case study about, well, part of it is, it talks about REI, so good old REI, uh, outdoor tool. Tell me about the focus of this, right, being community-centric, To earn links. I think uh, it makes sense that someone like REI especially can be community-centric and get links by writing cool content that includes pictures of beautiful mountain ranges. Uh, But let's talk about this concept, Frank, and also maybe apply some more boring industries to it.
2: Well, that's the whole thing. And and I mean, there's a sentence in here that goes, the higher the value you're offering and the more people it's valuable to, the higher the potential return on earned links. And that's something that you you need to think about you know it's not necessarily the broadness of the reach you know it's actually about the value of what you're writing about and you know if we refer back to the previous article you want to be able to use some of that in your titling because that will help you know show to people and 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 that type of thing. So you've really got to one, be able to get people to open up an article and then you've got to have value inside of it. And then from there, your potential return on, you know, earned links as they're calling them increases. And and that's pretty much what successful online marketing people are doing, you know, whether it's I, to yeah. engage for traffic or whether it's to, to gain links, you know, you, yeah. you need to think in terms of the value, not just, how many keywords you're gonna stuff and how you use your H tags and all that sort of thing. You've got to think about the value of the of the actual content and you know making it specific and niched and, you know, valuable to the particular area that you're writing about. Though you know, that's important and, and it's something that is obvious when we say it, but it's not something that a lot of people are doing. They're not using yeah. that perspective when, when it comes time to create SEO content.
1: And, and I, I agree with you. That's a good point on that. And I think that another great thing about the articles, it goes from that to talking about how is your company focused and companies that focus purely on themselves can turn off sharpers. I am one of those people, right? And, and one of the things when, you know, speaking of social media and, and audience targeting and trying to uh, group and cluster by uh, any sort of uh, features or, or likes or dislikes. Um, you know, when you talk about the 411 rule in social media, it's the idea of, you know, sharing uh, for every six pieces of content you share, four of them are about something else that's of interest to you or to your audience. And, and it's, you know, the industry and, and, and some of the things that they like, uh, right. So, and then the other two, the one and the one are one is about me and something cool that I'm doing. And then maybe that last one of the six is, Hey, me, 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 buy me, buy me. Right. So if you can kind of apply that to the way that you're creating content as well, uh, you know, it, the, and is the content riddled with suggestions that your own software is the best thing since, uh, you know, since software was invented or, uh, and, and things like that, I think is important too, right? Frank, it's not just being a value, but it's also being cool about it. Right. And not, Hey, I love myself about it.
2: The, yeah. And, and a really good example of how this is being done sort of, uh, successfully is Fanatics. Fanatics will pick a, uh, a couple of teams that they'll write content about and, you know, promote particular products, whether it's in New Jersey or, you know, other sports uh, related products. But they pick those really popular, say, you know, Cowboys or Pittsburgh or the Patriots and centered around that That at least will grab the attention of that specific community, which is generally the bigger of them. But once you do go through, even if you aren't one of the fans of those teams, you'll see the option to get the same sort of thing for your own team. So, you know, that type of way of reaching out, where you're reaching out to the community and maybe a, a niche part within a community. Yeah. But it's the bigger part, you know, a bigger group. Yeah. But other people will look at that if you, again, you've got to write your title successfully yeah. to, to show that it has potential for whatever other products that are related to what this is about. Um, That's we'll, a great
1: example, Frank. Yeah. Uh, and so. Dennis, uh, the VP of Growth and SEO over at Fanatics, Dennis uh, would I'm sure be happy to uh, hear you, uh, you know. <laughs> Use his example that I'm sure uh, he had part to do with. So we're going to take a break now and hear from our wonderful sponsors here uh, for SEO Rockstars on cranberry.fm. Stay with us. We'll be right back with you.
0: We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to cranberryradio at cranberry.fm. visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars.
1: All right, we are back. Welcome back to the SEO Rockstars. Uh, We are recording this episode on the 27th of January 2017. So Moz.com's blog uh, gives us our next story, Frank. Uh, What we learned on analyzing Featured snippets. So, featured snippets. In case you don't know what those are, um, is uh, it's confusing Uh, now. You know, sometimes featured snippets in past what featured snippets were. Um, So, some people learn what they were as featured snippets, and now the most current version of featured snippets in Google basically means that it's a um, it's sort of a result that stands out at the top of the results. It's a featured. Result, right, or featured snippets. So when we talk featured snippets, um, there's a lot of searches out there that include featured snippets at the top of the result. And in fact, uh, author AJ Ger- Gergic, um over at Moz uh, in the advanced SEO section um, is uh, on January 17th, 2017, talking about what we learned from analyzing 1.4 million featured snippets. So, Frank, yeah, see, I mean, this one, is, you
2: know, again, there are the featured snippets are, are sort of a broad approach. And it's also dealing with like those extra questions that you get in the search, you know, where they say, were you interested in this or whatever it is? It, what I came, the, the part of the stuff that I came away with was the amount of times that they saw the use of questions themselves in in how they, uh, worked it. So, you know, the use of how and which and things like that to, uh, to help broaden your potential of being pulled in for that. So given that that's the way it's going and, you know, it's also a consideration with, uh, audio and voice questions. It's now at the stage where I think Google's starting to match where we go. How do you do this? Or which is the best of this? You know, having that in a H2 tag above some bullet points and things like that will help. You know, that's what I've seen, and, and this study goes into it a lot deeper.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it. Almost, it's just too much data on this article in terms of all the different charts and stuff. But um, you know, it takes it takes a while to understand kind of what they're getting at. But really, like you mentioned, Frank, there's three sort of uh, main types of, of featured snippets now, right? And and um, that's what they've evolved to here in January 2017. Who knows what else is on the horizon? But you know, there's a table, meaning there's an actual table of information that's provided uh, such as Denny's prices you know, so uh, then you have benefits of link building is an example from Forbes.com, which we're going to talk about later on, actually, uh, and and how it uh, shows up in a featured snippet box that actually has a list in it. You know, um, so benefits of link building, you type it in, and then there's uh, even beyond SEO, the there were clear benefits of link building, and below are just ten of them. So Google, in its desire to provide the best and and most, I guess you could say, concise and yet you know. All in this content here. Somebody's looking for the benefits of link building. Let's say it's an executive that's sitting, uh, you know, in a meeting where some agency's pitching them on SEO. Um, you know, this is probably a good result because uh, that executive here, she can get a nice list. Uh, okay, they should be talking about domain and page authority, uh, referral traffic, uh, you know, some of the other things that you can get from link building, right? I I like that layout and I think it matches well with Google's mission to provide, you know, good content based on intent. The Denny's prices one is good and then you can do the same thing, of course, with menus or uh, ingredients lists and stuff like that. So if you type in something like uh, Pop-Tarts ingredients, you'd probably get a table, right? And then the last one is the paragraph, which is what a lot of us are after as SEOs, Frank.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, was, I actually went off and did a search for featured snippets best practices just to see whether or not this article had gotten ranked yet. Nice. <clears throat> and interestingly, uh, Moz actually, this article isn't there, but Moz has like three uh, of the 10 results for, for that search result. So they obviously must be seeing a certain amount of traffic from people that want to learn more about featured snippets. So, I mean, this thing is huge. It's a it's a very long article, a very detailed article. And it's one of those ones that I added because I think, you know, as an SEO, you should at least read this to have the broad strokes information so that you can advise your content developers and, and everyone else within your team for, you know, best ways of, of getting some of that traffic for yourself.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing, the next step on that paragraph too, and there's been, um, some discussion, you know, we're going to actually talk to another article about feature snippet here in a moment. So, so uh, we're not going to overlap, but, um, You know, sometimes the featured snippet isn't the number one result, right? So the Moz post does a good job of showing a couple examples where Moz.com is the number one organic result, but above it, there's this paragraph result where I think it's very well summarized by the author uh, that in this specific instance, the, the one in the featured snippet is doing a better job of answering the search's intent, right? And that's intent coming into play, which is always, you know, sort of a little uh peripheral when it comes to seo uh because intent sort of is 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 one of the unknown factors but we can try to influence it right by and that's the other good point about this article is you can really learn about building content and you know if you want a particular type of list uh um you know um is that going to be better uh if the question starts with what it's most likely going to be a paragraph snippet, right? But if the question starts with which, uh, it actually is going to be a table, and then a list uh, is how and half. So it's great content over at the Moz blog. We'll jump to another topic also about the featured snippet, and this is from our friend, old friend Neil Patel over at neilpatel.com, how to get your content in the Google featured snippet. So now that you know, we've talked about... Um, these featured but let's talk a little bit about the, the tactics from an seo perspective to try to get in there uh neil certainly someone that's a longtime uh veteran of the industry i don't really like his pop-up box it forces me to click the word no thanks i don't want more traffic but how yeah, to get your I, content I clever
2: when you know it, it, the option of no is no i don't want more traffic is you know it sort of hesitates you for a second
1: yep yep so uh, yeah. What, what do you think about this article, Frank? I, I think it's uh, a good, uh, nice uh, primer on some of the tactics, um, you know, that you could, uh, you know, do. I mean, obviously one of the ones we just finished talking about the Moz article and how question type of words will tend to yield featured snippet results in the search. So obviously content out there has to be deemed as answering a question. Is it that simple, Frank? And we just kind of create a headline that says, why, uh, does, um, you know, why does, uh, it take so long to cross uh, a bridge in the wind? I don't know. Uh, I could come up with a better one, but, um, what's the point there, Frank?
2: Well, no, 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 I agree. And that's the whole thing. I think what you've got to do is test a little bit. I don't know whether you absolutely need to have that question as part of the title tag, but to have it inside uh, your article and to, uh, you know, H2 it or however you're going to bold it and then have bullet points underneath it, there's definitely a certain structure. And I think between reading, the information in the first article, and then coming here and looking at possible ways and and words and, and things like that to do. Uh, you know, Neil seems to believe that uh, you, know, you can tweak certain words, and, and it's clever to 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 go yeah. and search and see where people are. You know, where there are search boxes, and see if you can you know claim them as it were or find right.
1: one where the, not- uh, where there's not one or look for potentially a weaker piece of content that is older i mean that's one thing that i've noticed is that um you know some of this content could maybe be supplanted if it had if it was new and it had new you know authority and everything like that so just like any other seo strategy it boils down to right frank i mean it's just it's seo uh, getting this it's just a, a little subset of seo now that like you said, we have to test, and that's what Neil uh, I think does a great job in in a nice, very long article here, uh, explaining to people how they should do it.
2: <clears throat> Not precisely, and and again, if you're going to, do, it seems the consensus is if you want to appear in a lot of these snippets, you should be using you know the question terms, the the how, what, when, why. Yep
1: that is the that's the boil down definitely it's it's a tweak in your content and also tweaking that based on, you know, I think it takes competitive analysis too, right? Like you have to go find 10 of these examples of ones that are ranking and then look at them, especially the ones in that Moz article where it shows Moz is number one. And then there's another one that somehow supplanted it based on a search intent. You got to go figure that out at a larger sample and see if you can replicate, right? And 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 test then with those replications into your um, particular niche. now. The other thing to keep in mind here that that I think is kind of an elephant in the room when it comes to these featured snippets is what is the actual monetary value of a lot of these, right? I mean, when Google's serving a featured snippet, chances are it's just someone wanting to get some info and get the hell out of there. If if, if they're just going to get it from the snippet, what's the value of going after it?
2: Well, the. The thing is, you want to at least have your link associated with it. It gives a certain brand lift if you're there within your industry and, and you're appearing a lot in these snippets. So when new people come, you know, it depends on what the service is. Is it a service? Is it information about a product? But either way, there's the potential brand build. There's the potential for taking up a, a certain amount of real estate and getting a double listing if the snippet wasn't there, generally the person who's being cited is in the top couple of search results. So yeah. it just gives you another opportunity to take up real estate in the search results.
1: Good call. Good call. Listen, before break, let's go away from the featured snippets for a moment and uh, speak about uh, a nice article over at the SEM post from Jennifer Sleg, uh, January 26, 2017. Google ads help improve accuracy box to some local listings. So you know, this is a good tool that Google has added. And, and I know you're a local guide, Frank. Uh, I'm a local guide. We, we've seen a lot uh, or some of this stuff that, you know, doesn't really get shared with, with all users. But, you know, as SEOs, we always want to help to promote the accuracy, uh, you know, from a nap perspective, as well as, uh, uh, what you're getting in a knowledge graph. So tell us about this article from Jen. Where, yeah. I mean, uh,
2: I've been actually seeing these, uh, cause I do tend to do a fair amount of you know, local searches that come up with listings of places, uh, and they do tend, you know, like if you're doing a restaurant, they'll ask you for hours, they'll ask you for, you know, uh, sometimes I've seen, you know, what sort of payments that, that are being offered. Basically, I think it's Google's w- way of without, because maybe not enough business owners are grabbing the, their listings to try and get the client, you know, the the users, the customers, whatever you want to call them, to, to help improve the accuracy of the information. <clears throat> I mean, it gets a little treacherous because you don't have to own the location to be able to make some changes so you know if you're a competitor you could go through and actually uh, wreak a little havoc here so we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah i'll uh fixing someone's Wikipedia page for them right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) a little bit of a good negative truth doing that as well (laughs) excellent and listen we're going to take another break here and come back for a quick last segment we'll be right back with you here on seo Rockstars. stay with us
0: we'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at Orangehilldevelopment.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rockstar level only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars.
1: All right, everyone, welcome back for the last segment of this episode of SEO Rockstars on Cranberry Radio. Don't forget to check us out over at Facebook and Twitter, uh, both uh, SEO Rockstars. We'd love to, you know, answer some of your questions over there and and, you know, sort of grow that community here in 2017. So let's get into the last couple of articles that we're going to cover today. Uh, SearchEngineLand.com gives from uh, Julian Connors on January 26, 2017. Do organic keywords rankings matter anymore? So rankings versus traffic right it, it's so funny that and and when i saw this uh, headline frank that that you had curated i was happy because this is one of those such a seesaw you could call it a roller coaster or a seesaw i think right because if, for those of us that have been in here a long time you know rankings was it and then everyone started laughing at the people that tracked rankings and said oh why are you tracking rankings you should track traffic rankings doesn't mean crap right well and now um When uh, Google took away a bunch of our traffic data, specifically around which keywords were used to enter a website through organic search, we all started saying, oh, or some of us started saying, well, you know, now we got to start using Rankins again because... Um, that is nice and illustrative and maybe we can create some models and and some calculations and equations that will tell us of all that traffic that we don't know that came from organic. We don't know the exact keyword. We can now estimate based on, you know, some of these rankings and coupled with traffic to specific pages, what those keywords were, right? So uh, tell us about this article from uh, Julian, Frank.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of this is, you know, talking about the fact that there's just so many different channels now uh, <clears throat> for traffic, and I think part of it's you know like a, a push away from the importance of search, which you know to me sort of misses the the, the issue to a, to a degree. Uh, but then it swings back at the end; it's sort of <clears throat> one side then the other, and it doesn't quite say where they stand on this. But <clears throat> without a doubt, rankings, you know are always going to have a play. If you're doing a search and you're near the top, we know that the percentage of clicks on those results are higher than the ones that are lower. If you're not there at all for a term, then you're not getting any traffic for that. And it's all about the potential for traffic. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, concentrate, you know, some time and effort to uh, to deal with social uh, signals and and you know all the other ways of generating traffic. but it is ultimately about generating traffic. and organic keyword rankings is what brings you in organic search. Uh, I don't know, you know, yeah, the rich snippets that we just talked about have something, but they're in search results for particular search keywords. you know, and, and I think, yes, concentrate on all the other elements and the new ways things are coming in. But I don't think until such time as there are new, you know, ways of doing searches, keywords are always going to be important because they're what gets typed into the search box.
1: That's right, and they're what gives you guidance into, um, you know, the audience intent um, and what's going to be driving value for you. Right? Uh, I remember, you know, and if they can also be a guide as to what's bad traffic and what you want to avoid right what are some of the modifiers when when people type them in and they come to your site and they have a horrible bounce rate or they are just unqualified traffic In the insurance space a good example for that is you know somebody searching up at the top at auto insurance or car insurance might be an unqualified visit, right? Because they might have DUIs, and and so it's going to take a while. But if they come in and then they come to your website, and you don't like to sell SR22 or whatever it's called in whatever state type of insurance that's for people that are of higher risk, then you've ultimately you know wasted time and and maybe even resources if you if you gear it back. So those kinds of things are important also to understand what you want to avoid or try to get away from or figure out a way to monetize right so if and if you've got bad leads and how, hey by the way do you have a past ui click here and bam you just monetize that you still got the traffic in in that insurance example right
2: yeah and, and exactly you you can learn information if you if you're spending a certain amount of money on paid search And you're organically ranking and you're seeing people come through with search queries that include free and include, you know, don't include high risk and things like that. Then possibly you you're learning also how to qualify your terms when you're actually paying for the clicks.
1: Exactly. All right. One last article and then we're going to have to break um, for the week. So this is actually from wishpond.com/blog.wishpond.com, and this is I have a more generic "Not Today" pop-up, but um, we've got conversion optimization for low traffic websites from Wishpond. So um, it's an interesting article, Frank. I, I was trying to find a date on it, and I unfortunately it's not at the top. So. Um, Anyway, it was published recently at wishpond.com. And uh, what are your thoughts, Frank?
2: Yeah, I mean this. It it talks largely about how to A/B test low traffic, and I'm I'm a firm believer in you know predominantly you need a certain amount of traffic to make a decision when you're A/B testing. But th- there's argument here for you know, low traffic for longer tail keywords and things like that, that you can at least make an an argument. And, you know, this stuff's pretty good. So, I mean, this is worth a read just to give you some insights into best practices of what you're doing and also, you know, what they're calling micro conversions. You know, uh, it's it's clever. Places where you may get a high click-through rate for, you know, something that's got not a lot of traffic uh versus your average it's it's something that's worth reading and you know to try and detail it out it's very detailed and specific
1: there's some good ideas in here and and definitely you know it's kind of towards the end of our uh show today and we didn't have a lot of time to cover this one but do go check it out uh and uh, learn some more about conversion optimization especially You know, um, if you only get a certain few amount of people there, uh, it's the old bring the horse to water and yank its head down. You want to make sure it's going to drink it if you get it all the way there. So with that said, thank you again, all of our wonderful listeners, for joining us on SEO Rockstars this week. And on behalf of Frank Watson, I wish you rock on.